This is a podcast from SPH Radio. Generation Gap with Elliot Danker. Hi, I'm Elliot Danker and welcome to Generation Gap. With different generations now entering the workforce, it's important to understand how to work with each other better. Well, this podcast talks about the various issues the different generations are facing in the workforce today. We're talking about needs, goals, managing conflict. And today we're touching on why the stages of life matter more than generational differences. Helping me out with this, Andrew Chan, founder and CEO at ACI HR Solutions. Andrew, thanks for taking the time today. Thanks for having me back. So we're talking about the stages of life. And by that, you mean a fresh graduate coming out, trying to make an impression. You've also got one that's a little bit more seasoned, entering his 30s or her 30s, perhaps. Then you've got the one that is in the management side of things. And of course, you have the older worker as well. Could you give us your perspective on the different stages in life? Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I think when it comes to, to age or generations, we, we can generalize um, a little bit too much because people may enter different stages of life at different age. So I think it's an important or an interesting um, topic that you raise here. Because to, to me, different stage of life is more of a personal aspect than, um, than age. You know, you, you could be a student that's, uh, that's single, living at home. You could be just getting married, um, double income, no kids. Then you get into a stage of life where the children's come along and then you, you progress through your, uh, I guess, the, your children's age. Then you become an empty nester. Then you become a retiree that may be entering back into the workforce. So they're the, they're the different stages of life that I think it's, it's important to, to take note of from an employer point of view, looking at their employees. I've got a sort of an unfair question though. Is it right to say that one stage is more important than the other? Look, it's hard to say because I think um, if, if an individual at any stage um, at that point, they probably feel that um, that's an important stage of their life. I think if you're looking at the stages, it's a stepping stone towards the next, the next set of goals that's going to set you up in, in your career. So I think the early stages when, when you're single, when you're sort of in your early 20s and just starting out, um, it's all about learning and, and developing the skills to advance you further. But if you were to, to say um, or, or press me on what, what I think it would be the most important level in terms of stages, I think, of course, it's, it's when you have a family, when you have uh, responsibilities and, and you've got, I guess, children that, that, that you have to put through school and, and everything else that's around that. So, you know, that, that obviously puts more pressure um, around career and job. So that's probably an important stage of life that, that I would say and I would see um, in employees. But you've opened up a, a pretty sensitive issue here because if you're saying that someone that has a family is at a very important stage of life, no doubt it is a very important stage of life. I mean, what does that do in the workplace? Say you're a manager, you've seen maybe you're a guy that is you don't have a family, but you're in your 40s or your late 40s and you're a manager and you've got a guy who's in his mid-30s and he's got a family, he's at an important stage of life. Uh, then it comes to giving priorities, and and that's a very difficult uh, act to balance. You know, there could be a sense of entitlement because hey, I'm a father, so my stage of life is more important. 
Well, it, well, it depends what, what that sense of entitlement that you're, you're talking about. And this is where HR, over the years, have been moving towards more flexibility. And when I say flexibility, and I'm talking about um, HR structures within a workforce. And, and some organisations may be able to do it better than others. And, and what I mean by that is, is through the, the incentives that you get as, um, as an employee, um, in, in incentives and benefits that, that you get. And, and that's obviously salary and compensation that's annual leave, that's going to be flexibility in the workforce or any perks that you may get like gym memberships, insurance and so forth. So it's about, I guess, having an understanding of your workforce. So that example that you give, a father or mother with young children, now their needs and wants are going to be or may be different to someone that's living at home with their parents who may want very different things. So, you know, you, you'll have employees that, that want maybe that extra two, three, you know, four annual leave days a year based around the school holidays. And for that, that trade-off may be, well, they're willing to take a, a lower salary. Um, or you may have a, a younger person that's, um, that's chasing career advancement. So they're willing to work longer hours um, for, for more pay, but they're willing to sacrifice annual leave or, or they want a, a gym membership um, that, that, that's around um, their, their health. And so it's, it's about, I guess, understanding um, the, the demographic and, and the stage of life of your employees and possibly structuring and being a little bit more flexible with how you incentivize your workforce. That also comes with uh, the tricky understanding of uh, not just the demographic and the stage of life, but also the kind of working attitude that's going to come with it. You know, a young chap, uh, you would expect and would be expected to you know, do everything uh, because he's at a learning curve or she's at a learning curve where an older folk perhaps is expected to give quality advice. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and again, I think as we come out of um, of COVID-19, I think there's going to be more focus on this because as the last couple of months, we've, we've had workforces working from home. So the traditional structure of a workforce where it's nine to five or, or nine to six for those past couple of months has, has been out the windows. So, so what are you uh, assessing your workforce on? And, and it's, it's really based around their KPIs. It's about based around uh, their accomplishment and, and um, their, their duties. So what can we learn over this period once we get back to a normal workforce that we can incorporate back into the workforce? And, and this is, uh, I think, that's, you know, that last couple of months for, is what um, HR practitioners have sort of looked at it. What can we learn from this period? What can we adapt and, and adopt once we get back to a normal workforce? What work, what doesn't work? Andrew, I'm glad you brought up this whole post-COVID-19 workforce, post-COVID-19 hiring. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on what you have learned through this circuit breaker period. For me personally, I've observed that this pandemic has destroyed everything that we have hoped for when it comes to work-life balance because you've got parents at home taking care of the kids and having to go online at the same time. Have you any thoughts as well on on how that can be better managed? Well, it's an interesting one because I think sometimes people think the grass is greener on the other side and, you know, and over over the years, people have been wanting a little bit more um, work from home and, and, and work from home experiences. And 
I don't know. I think after COVID-19, it may have uh, actually gone to reverse and people may say, you know what, I, I want to go back to, to my fancy office. I, I, I want that, that nine to five. I think what uh, is going to be important post-COVID is, is going to be um, a balance of, of the two. And, you know, I think what's going to be important is, is once we get back to um, the workforce, is to speak and communicate with, uh, with your employees get a sense of um, what their attitude um, has been. And I guess really sort of survey what, what, um, what they've also learned in, uh, in, in moving forward as well. I, I get the feeling that in order to really figure this out, we got to dive deeper into the even more unknown. It's like previously when people talked about working from home, it felt so unknown. It felt like, oh, I'm not sure if this could work out. And then we got forced to doing it. Could we be forced into a situation where hiring a person is no longer about the amount of work hours they put in or the amount of meetings that they attend, uh, but maybe more on, hey, every month, this is your KPI. I don't care how you do it. I don't care how many hours you take or how few hours you take. As long as you meet your KPI, I will not question anything. Well, a lot of organizations were already moving um, towards that sort of model. Now, of course, this model doesn't work for all jobs and all companies and all roles. Um, so if you're a frontline worker, that's not going to work. You know, you can't choose the hours that you're going to that you're going to work. It, it's based around shifts. But certain um, certain roles, particularly around sales, marketing can definitely be um, KPI driven or, or task driven. Andrew, final question for you, and, and this one's for the managers. Uh, in your opinion, um, it's one thing to manage people in different generations, but which is more effective or is it better to have a hybrid of managing people in different generations and also managing people in different stages of life? Which do you think is better or should we just be doing both? It's going to come down to, to the organization because it's not a one-size-fits-all. But, you know, I, I think ideally, if you do have the data and, and if you do know your, um, your, your workforce, I think managing different stages of an employee's working life or life is probably more effective. For example, as, as I sort of said before, you, you can tailor your incentives and around salaries and annual leave and, um, and, and bonuses around different stages um, of your employee's life. So knowing um, and collecting um, the important information and, and data around your workforce is, uh, is going to be very important. But I think, let's not forget, uh, I think overall, um, certainly according to all research that I've looked at, the number one priority for, for any employees across all generation, it just comes down to respect. And I think you know, re respecting your workforce is, um, is the most important thing. Very well put. I've been speaking with Andrew Chan, founder and CEO at ACIHR Solutions. Andrew, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Elliot. Generation Gap is a production of SPH Radio. It's hosted and produced by Elliot Danker. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and streaming on Google Home. Listen to more of our podcasts at sphradio/podcast. And if you have feedback for us, send it to podcast at sph.com.sg.